Good morning again. Turn with me this morning to the book of Galatians, the fourth chapter for a beginning. <clears throat> I got to thinking yesterday sitting uh, how blessed God's people are. Huh. I got to thinking about the the highway. Gonna go down the highway. All the rocks removed. Smooth. Smooth as silk, as I say. Gonna go down toward Jerusalem. Going the way down the olive trees. I can see them over here on the left. I'm walking along. Get on down the the highway, come to a gate, gate in the wall around Jerusalem, but gate's open, that's good, that's the way it is with the Lord's people, it's open, ready for them to come in, so we go in, the gate and look around and we go over to Mount Zion where the temple is. Gates open again. So we go up, up, up. The song talks about going up. We go up. I mentioned before about the eight steps up. There's some more that's just seven, but one is eight. So we go up, up, up to the full height. God's people can go on up there in all boldness. When we get up to the eighth step, we look and there's a, there's a place most holy. And we can walk right up to it. Brother Russell, he is going to jerk the curtains open here a while back. Show us about the veil being rent. That's the way it is. The veil is rent from top to bottom. Open up. Once again, we can walk right up to the throne of mercy. We'll get there in the Ark of the Covenant. It's got the covenant in it. Aaron's rod that budded. Pot of manna to feed the people. Not only did Aaron's rod bud, it brought forth fruit. So we stand at the same place, at the mercy seat. I don't know if you ever looked about the mercy seat, about the Ark of the Covenant, but it was a really nice box, a coffin. And the covenant was placed in it. In the way I see it, there was a flange around the top of it that stuck up. And in that flange, there was a golden seat, solid gold. And it was placed in that to seal it off. What was it sealing off? Old covenant, the one that was against us. 
So then we stand at the mercy seat in the very presence of God. So we see him. I thought about that a good bit even yesterday. I made that little trip down there, down to the mercy seat. It's good. People outside of Christ can't come up there. No thoughts. No entrance. Gates closed. All the gates are closed. One after wall, the east gate. I said the east gate, that's the one the Lord went in, you see. The east gate. But the others, to the heathen, those that don't have good sense, that's what that means. They don't have good sense. The door is shut. No coming in. But to the people of God, the blessed people of God, there's an entrance made. The atonement was by design. Lord designed it. He didn't leave anything out and leave anything undone. It was complete, made perfect in Christ Jesus. So the atonement, the atoning, for the sins of man must be made so that he can enter in, so they can take that little journey down and through the gates, through the east gate and down to the temple and through the east door of the temple into the most holy place. Galatians 4 and verse 22, I guess, for it's written, that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. Now you write that down, after the flesh. But he of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory? For these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth the bondage. That's where man is. Outside of Christ, that's where man is bound. I'd like to tell you today that man can just get up of his own will, his own will. and go and get Christ. That's one thing we was told not to do. Don't say I'll go up into heaven and bring Christ down or I'll go down below and bring him up. Can't do that. It's impossible. They're in bondage. But to be liberated, to be free, have the liberty. Liberty is the most important, important thing to the people of God. Be set free to worship. 
the one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth bondage, which is Agar. And this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and an answereth to Jerusalem, which now is. That's the same one. He's talking about the same one we're looking at over there now. Which now is and is in bondage with their children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Why do we go down to Jerusalem? That's where our mother is. So we go to Jerusalem. For it's written, Rejoice, thou barren. That bearest not, break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which has a husband. Gonna gather them up from all over the world, from every tongue and every nation, every people. And they're gonna be called the people of God. The free the ones that are free. If a man be born again of the Spirit, he is set free. But if he isn't born of the Spirit, there's no freedom there and he's still in bondage. No deliverance. <clears throat> in the book of Ephesians, third chapter, <clears throat> We could read a lot here. We'll begin in verse 4, I guess. Whereby, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. If you be born of the Spirit. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus by the preaching of the gospel. It just says gospel here. I added a little something to it. Wherefore I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Yet all lies in the power of God and not in ourselves. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. But it must be of God. We're nothing in ourselves. Effectual working of his power unto me, who am less than the least of all saints in this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, 
which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now under principalities and powers and heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which is purposed in Christ in Christ Jesus our Lord eternal purpose I said he didn't leave anything undone he done everything to achieve the atonement for you and I. It was all in the plan. When he was building a temple, he gave them the, all the, the measurements and everything of the temple, and he said, now, this is, here's a pattern. You see you build it exactly according to the pattern. So we must operate in the same fashion yet under the teaching of the gospel under the eternal purpose of God. It was established, you understand, in eternity. It, everything in Christ Jesus says it, it is. Not going to be. Well, everybody wants to be looking for something else. But we sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we give thanks to him for his eternal, effectual working in his people. To the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of him. You notice that faith of him. It's of him. Always of him. He must have the preeminence. John the Baptist come up on the scene. He's, he's entering in the coming of Jesus Christ. And that's why he said he must increase and we must decrease. Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for which you is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named one. We go back to that unity again. Made one in Christ Jesus. The whole family. Isn't it something by the grace of adoption? By the grace of adoption, you and I have become the children of God. It's all in the eternal purpose of Christ Jesus. 
Lord. <clears throat> In first chapter of Ephesians, verse two there. Verse three said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Do you love the brethren? having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Christ Jesus to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Now you won't find nothing in this about man's will. It's strictly according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise and glory of his grace wherein he hath made us acceptable in the blood reconciled no longer mad at God reconciled in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure. Again, he says that over and over. The Bible is full of it from the front to the back according to his good pleasure. It's always in him. The mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him, in whom also, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. I told you before that I really like the word inheritance. Inheritance is just there for us. He's purchased for us. He's given to us. Inheritance. Being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after his, after the counsel of his own will. Well, it's wrapped up in the will of God, isn't it? I never read anything in this whole book about the will of man except he don't have one. That's the only thing. He just don't have one. He's cut off. The gate is closed. For him the veil is not rent. 
It's still there upon the face. There's no opening for him. So he must come in by the way of the veil if he comes in. But it's shut off to him unless he repents and turn to the Lord. All them that call upon the name Lord shall be saved. So the Lord's going to save all that are his. Not any will be lost. Not any will get in that wasn't supposed to get in. But it's all after his good pleasure. <clears throat> in the book of Hebrews, The seventh chapter. We could probably just read this whole thing too and then sit down. <clears throat> I guess in verse 21, for those priests were made without an oath. <clears throat> no oath. By him that saith unto him, The Lord swear, and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Something I have clued in on for some time now, and seems to me like it's getting more prevalent. When men speak of Lord coming, the Father sending the Lord Jesus into the world, they say that he's come in to the world and they don't recognize him as big and high priest. They, they say more like uh, it's just Jesus, but he's the begotten Son of God. We, we can't leave that begotten off. It's, it's the most important word, the begotten Son of God. The reason that is, he's of the Father. He's the high priest. He was anointed by God the Father himself. The high priest Melchizedek that had no beginning and has no ending. The only begotten. That's him. He always was. He was with the Father in the beginning and they made a covenant together to do these things for us. He might deliver a people. And when they get to the throne, they'd be singing, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. This is our God. It's soon we have waited for. He has come. He's our high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Had no beginning, no end. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. And they truly were many priests 
because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, but this man, because he continued ever hath and ever hath an unchangeable priesthood, where he's able also to save them to the uttermost to come to God by him through the veil, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. The atonement for how such a high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than heaven, who needed not daily as those priests, those old worldly priests, to offer up sacrifice for his own sins but then for the people for this he did once when he offered up himself for the sins of his people in atonement it was all in plan if you want to talk about people it's pretty popular to say the plan of salvation this is it the atonement made us whole in the 8th chapter verse 6 of the same Hebrew but now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises for if the first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second, for the finding for finding fault with them, with them. Wasn't well, nothing wrong with the covenant, you understand. The fault was with them. He said, Behold, a day's come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand, led them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord, and they were cut off. The door was shut. No more entering in. Apostle Paul, Lord, seemed to preach to the Israelites. But then he told him, turn and go to the Gentiles. New, new era, new dispensation, new covenant. I'm going to call people. They're going to be my people, and I'm going to be their God. It was all by oath. Lord's going to get a new people. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, a day's come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. If ye be born again, ye born into spiritual house 
Hmm. We don't want to stay in that old worldly tabernacle. We want to move on to a new one. New Jerusalem. That's what John saw coming down out of heaven. A new Jerusalem. Adorned as a bride. Coming down out of heaven. Going to be a marriage take place. Marriage of the Lamb. The Lamb is coming to receive his people unto himself. Gather them all in one place. He's going to be their God. They're going to be his people. In the book of Acts, I can't stress enough about the church. It was a church that Lord died for, gave himself for it. 20th chapter book of Acts. <clears throat> Verse 28. That take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers to feed the church to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood the church which he purchased belongs to him The church is one, but it's one with Christ Jesus and with the Lord. It's made one that it might dwell together in unity. In the 111th Psalm, we'll finish up here. I think I'll just read this psalm. Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly, in the assembly of the upright, and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great, sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. His work is honorable and glorious, and his righteousness endureth forever. He hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He hath given meat unto them that fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. He has showed his people the power of his works, that he may give them a heritage of the heathen. The works of his hands are the variety and uh, judgment, verity and judgment, and all his commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever.
and are done in truth and uprightness. He sent redemption unto his people. He hath commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverent is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. Praise, his praise endureth forever. Do this and live. How are we going to do it? By the power of the Holy Ghost. By the leadership of the Holy Ghost. By the teaching of the Holy Ghost. He's the one that continues to support us in our endeavor to keep the faith. 